Welcome to the Why Weight Elevate podcast, where we share key information to help you lose weight the right way and then transition to a lifestyle that helps you keep it off. Our hosts are experts in obesity medicine and have collectively treated thousands of patients for obesity and are here to help you on your own journey. All four of us are busy parents, so we totally understand what it's like to try and live healthy while also trying to stay on top of the busy demands in our life. Thanks for taking time in your busy day to join us. As some of our hosts have medical licenses, we have a legal disclaimer to share with you. Here it is. Please note that our podcast is not intended to, and shouldn't be considered, a substitute for professional medical advice from a doctor or other qualified healthcare professional. You should always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare professional with questions you may have regarding your medical condition. You should not rely on this podcast for medical diagnosis or treatment, and you should never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of our content. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Why Weight Elevate podcast. Quincy here. I'm with Ron, Cheryl, and Kelsey. Today, we're going to talk about diet, diet mentality, diet culture, kind of what it's like in our society and why it's probably not the best. Kelsey, um, let's have you start. Okay. All right. So diet mentality. Um, for me, that just means that the short-term quick fixes to usually lose weight. Um, diet culture is all over all over the place. Um, and it's, you know, impacting everyone. Um, you could be getting your hair done, your hairdresser could start talking about keto or how, you know, X, Y, Z product she's using. Um, they have a, a Weight Watchers app now for kids. Um, we constantly see it everywhere. Um, and, you know, originally, or if you go into the dictionary, diet just means the food we're eating. Um, however, there's, you know, these diets um, and our culture that are those quick term, quick fixes that are set, setting you up for failure. Um, <clears throat> research shows that 95% of people who do these diets, and I mean, and those are those quick term fixes, um, will regain the weight. Um, and that's a terrible statistic. <clears throat> you think you're helping yourself, um, but it's really set up to fail because as you are eating and you usually do like some kind of restriction or big changes um, in the, from your typical eating pattern. And um, <clears throat> then you start to crave these forbidden foods that aren't allowed on the diet. Um, and over time, you're going to eventually cave because uh, that forbidden food, that forbidden fruit starts becoming more and more. We just keep thinking about it more and more. And then you start eating it and then we're going to regain that weight. And then that hits yo-yo dieting. Um, and that weights up and downs are actually more harmful for your health. Um, that I, I mean, I argue that it's more harmful for your health than if you were just overweight. Um, so I, I that would, is, I would agree oh, with that. And sometimes it makes it harder <clears throat> when you do find the, the lifestyle that's going to work for you. Sometimes your body's going to fight those adjustments and take it longer, and you're going to be frustrated because you're not seeing the benefits as soon as you'd like. Because you're used to a diet culture, which is designed to have quick poundage lost. I mean, lose a lot of weight really quickly, but it's not designed to be long-term. I, I joke around that their body, when they're doing a lot of yo-yo dieting, that I tell their, the patient that their body has this mindset. like, well, just hang on just a little bit longer. She'll give up or he'll give up and we'll go back to getting the foods we like. So we'll just hang on just a little bit longer and all of a sudden we'll go back to where we need to go. Let's not forget that the diet culture or the diet industry is a multi-billion dollar 
industry. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We are designed to fail on diets. Because they want us to keep coming they, back to them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so some of the physical harms of chronic dieting um, it increases your binges and your cravings. So we have more and more people with binge eating disorder, um, disordered eating, um, things like that. Um, research is also telling us those people with those up and down weights have an increased risk of death um, and or heart disease compared to those who um, didn't diet, diet regardless of their body size. Um, it decreases your fullness cues. So you need more and more food to feel full. It slows your metabolism. And then it changes your body composition. So we're actually seeing increases in belly fat as a result of that up and down yo-yo dieting. So we have to get rid of the diet mentality. Wait a minute. We're always believing. We're always talking about they should be doing a low-carb ketogenic diet. Aren't we causing part of that problem? (laughs) That's a good point, Dr. Rigby. So what are you wanting to say with us about that, Dr. Rigby? No, I, I want <sighs> the patient or the, the, the people listening to this to think about it because we do recommend a low-carb ketogenic-based diet. That's why we always throw in the word lifestyle. So we're trying to incorporate that lifestyle that you're going to do for a long period of time versus three weeks, three months, 21 days, whatever. We're trying to change a lifestyle that's going to work for them. And that's where looking at, I always tell patients, that's where I go through all their paperwork and looking for the risk factors to give them a reason why they need to start making these changes versus me just walking in going, you need to do this. When they're going, why? What's my risk factors? Why should I do this? Why, why do this particular lifestyle or diet if I don't have the risk factors? So that's why I go back to, Mm-hmm. Let's fix that meta. Let's let's look at your risk factors and go from there. And I think it's key to say the word sustainable here. We want um, the recommendations um, need to be sustainable for you. So we, I mean, Dr. Rigby may prescribe or recommend a low carb or ketogenic diet for you, but we still, you still have to find out what's realistic for you. So that carb, um, your total carbs you have a day could vary um, depending on what number your carb threshold and what, Number makes you feel good, not deprived, and something that you can sustain forever. So down the road, when we talk macros, um, that's why I hate giving patients a particular macro ratio. Because they need to listen to their own body and see what's realistic for them. Exactly. Cheryl, you've been a little quiet. Do you have any thoughts on what we've been talking about or opinions, rebuttals? No, 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 (laughs) no rebuttals. I agree with everything that's been said. We need to make our eating habits sustainable. And I think our goal that we tell our patients is to lose one to two pounds a week. Um, sometimes you'll lose more, sometimes you'll lose less, and that's okay because we're looking at it from a long-term perspective, right? That is what's sustainable. Gotcha. Okay. Based off the research. Yeah. So, so I, I like that recommendation. Okay. So I'm listening to this podcast and I have tried a bunch of different diets, varying success. One time I, you know, I was going, went even for a year, um, but now I'm just really struggling. I go back and forth and now I'm hearing this saying, oh, wow, that's making it worse. Like what, what are some tips or ideas that you recommend to, to your patients to be able to make this sustainable? Like we, like the idea is we want it sustainable. We want this long term. We want this the rest of their life. They're going to be eating this way. Um, how do you get them to that point? I think the first thing we need to do is reconnect the mind and the body. 
We are so disconnected. We're busy, 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 busy from the minute we wake up. We're on our phones. There's electronics. We don't have that connection with our brain and our body. And if we're not listening to what our body needs, then we'll never know what eating habit would be the best for us. But the drawback to that is the food companies know that and Mm. create binge or foods that you want to eat more and more and also start craving it. So... But at least you're being aware of, okay, the food industry is telling me that this food is good. There was the rebuttal right And there. I want more and more. <laughs> <laughs> but and yes, no, I, you're right. Like being aware and listening to your body, for sure. You want to be yeah. able to listen to those cues and sometimes it takes a moment to learn them. Mm-hmm. Kelsey. And what I do before actually doing what Cheryl was mentioning is I work with my patients to get rid of that diet mentality. Because if you hold on to that hope of like, okay, if I just have a little bit more willpower, if I will just, you know, tomorrow I'm going to, you know, start this new program. Um, or if you, you know, your friend is successful on a different program um, and you're going to try it, that is going to prevent you from listening to your body cues because you're looking for that next set of rules um, that someone else created that may or may not work with your body. So just realizing and remembering that dieting is setting you up for failure. So what do you forgetting that? How do you help your, your patients? You say you try to teach them to get away from that. What, what are some things that you do? So first is reminding them and helping them process like in their own lives, going back through their very first diet, which a lot of them start dieting when they're eight, nine, 12 years old. And they're, you know, then the dieting or on some kind of program for the last 30 years, um, <clears throat> helping them. Okay. I did this when I was nine. I did it for this amount of time. I gained back this weight or I felt horrible. I had no energy helping them start make connecting, connecting these different programs that, you know, they started in hopes of losing weight, but they did gain the weight back or they didn't have a good quality of life. Um, different things like that. I think that's one of a a good exercise to start realizing, okay, yeah, I know dieting is bad, but how has it actually impacted me in my own life? Cool. Dr. Rigby. So a couple of things. One, especially if you've done multiple different dieting type ideas is, I agree with Kelsey, is what did I feel better with and what could I do long term that lived or worked within my lifestyle? Now, if something was a lot of processed stuff or as my wife calls it, Frankenfood that you couldn't stand, but you paid for the program. You're going, I'm going to do this no matter what till it all goes. That's probably not that lifestyle you can do long term. You're looking for something that works with your life plus your risk factors that you can basically make it a lifestyle. So you don't really have to worry about it and stress about it. You it might decrease your hunger. Not that we want you to eat less because a lot of people go, oh, the goal is just to eat less. No. I tell my, my patients to eat when they're hungry, stop when they're content, but eat the right things. That basically makes you feel satisfied for a longer period of time versus you constantly thinking about food or constantly craving it or just feeling off in some way. Because yeah. the more you like avoid or don't allow yourself to eat something, eventually you're going to eat it. Like that's just how psychologically our brains are wired. Um, And so, and sometimes like, okay, say you, there's some brownies on your kitchen table and you're like, I'm not going to eat these. Um, And instead you try, you know, you try some nuts, you try some um, like a chocolate protein shake, nothing satisfying with that craving. So you eat a couple more things. So you're actually consuming more calories than if you just allowed yourself a small piece of brownie and being satisfied with that. 
And then when you eventually do allow yourself the brownies, you may eat the whole plate. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. That's my problem. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just one bite isn't enough. But, But that's part of what I'd also recommend in knowing yourself. So I'm just going to use me versus my wife. My wife can try brownies or and hers is cheesecake and have one or two bites and be totally satisfied. Like I'm content, no more. Me, I eat that same thing or something I like. I know I'm going to eat the whole thing. So for mm-hmm. me, I know it's better for not to have it. Even with low carb ketogenic treats, I'll sometimes overdo it. So part of it is knowing if I get started, I'm going to finish that brownie or cheesecake or a low-carb treat or whatever. So trying to limit that or being aware is like, am I truly hungry? Am I eating this because I'm bored or because I'm stressed or because the kids are driving me nuts or what? Why am I eating versus the type of food too? Taking it as a learning experience and not – necessarily blaming or judging yourself of what you choose but i think it takes time to learn what you how your body responds and what works best for you but it's a learning experience and very very true especially those of us who have kids i have four each kid's totally different so you have to treat them different so we've got to learn what works for them so we've got to learn what works for us not our spouse or our best friend or our family members or whatever. We have to figure out what's going to work for us and be willing to try and be willing to experiment. But when it works, keep going. Don't go, oh, I saw something or I'm afraid it's going to hurt me. That's where you talk to experts about the benefits and doing some little research versus just whatever comes up on Facebook or Instagram. It's like, oh, let's try this or let's try this. Sounds good. Thank you, everybody. This has been a great discussion. Thanks for joining us on the Why Wait Elevate podcast. We want to hear what you think about this episode and encourage you to continue the discussion in our Facebook group. The name of the group is Community of People Elevating Their Mind and Body to Lose Weight. Or you can search for our Facebook page, Why Wait Elevate, and our group is linked on that page. Also, if you found this episode to be helpful, can you share it with your friends that you think would appreciate listening to it? And if you found our podcast to be helpful, we would love it if you could leave us a review. It really helps others hear about this podcast, and we really want to help as many people as we can. Thank you.